welcome to a new episode of the Solo Female Trailer Podcast. And today I am here with Melissa Beveridge. Melissa is a veterinarian technician that has worked with animals in Mexico, UK, Africa, and the US. And also she paints portraits of them. And the portraits are really cool. I, I was just telling her that one of my favorites is uh, that one she painted of a donkey. And I think I mean, you, you, like you give them a personality in the portraits and that is so cool. And today we're gonna talk about different topics. And, but first, uh, Melissa, thank you so much for being here and for sharing your story with us. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I love your podcast. Thank you, thank you. Um, so first I want to ask you about your story. Like, um, First, how do you decided that you wanted to be a veterinary technician? Is it something that you decided when you were a kid or is something that you decided later on or after yeah. that? I, I decided, well, when I was a kid, I wanted to be either um, a veterinarian or an artist. And then I kind of decided that being a veterinarian would be too hard and, and sad and all that. And I probably couldn't do it. So then I just started going around pursuing the art and then I ended up being a science illustrator um, and I was like like illustrating stuff for magazines and books and that kind of stuff and then I ended up um, going to Costa Rica with my first solo trip um, and I went to Costa Rica and I was going to um, a turtle rescue and then I had heard about a sloth sanctuary that I should check out so I wrote to the sloth sanctuary before I went and I was like you need any art in exchange for a place to stay and they're like actually we do so I ended up going there and drawing um, um, it was deceased sloths that had been killed um, through power lines usually in Costa Rica so they were um, examining them to see what had happened and so they needed somebody to draw, to draw their insides so I was like a little nervous because I was like god that sounds like it's going to be sad and and you know, a little scary. And, but then I started drawing and I realized I had kind of this clinical side that I didn't know that I had. And so as I was drawing the insides of them, I was like, oh, I can, maybe I can work with animals too because I didn't know that I had like the ability to do this. So then I ended up um, thinking about it a bit more and I had been doing the illustration work and I was living in New York City, but then the recession hit in like 2000, nine 2008 mm -hmm. and I wasn't getting any more jobs with the art illustration stuff so I ended up going back to school to be a vet tech as well so kind of a long story but <laughs> well but that's crazy how everything started with a trip to Costa Rica <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and that was actually that was my next question like how was your first solo trip and yeah. I mean you already told us that um how was your experience in Costa Rica Oh, it was lovely. First, I ended up going to a, well, I went to the sloth place and I think I was there for a week and then I went to a turtle rescue for a week and then I went back to the sloth place for another week. And the turtle place was cool that um, I was there at a really weird time and they had just sold the company. So I was the only person there with the person who was rescuing the turtles at the turtle place. And I was the only one there at the time and it was, it was weird. We ended up running from from poachers one night. It was quite an intense little experience there, um, but it was good. I was there for a week and I, I got to like have dinner with the local families and it was, it was a really neat experience. Um, 
And then I went back to the sloth place and I was doing like a work trade with them so I could um, stay there for free. And then they fed me and I helped feed and take care of the sloths and everything. And then I did the drawings for them and stuff too. So it was wow. a great experience, but it was so cool. I got to like hang out with these sloths and feed them and help take care of them and clean up after them. And some wow. of them like to like have human companionship so that we were allowed to like hold the ones that wanted that. And after they trained us and everything, and it was just an amazing experience. And I was like, how can I do this for a living? Like, how can I like trade art for, you know, yeah, helping and I'm kind of, I kind of stopped. Well, I was, I was thinking about how I could do that. And then, um, you know, life just went on and I started being a vet tech and then, but I still kept thinking about it. And then like eight years later, I ended up having like, um, I actually had a really bad car accident and then it just kind of made me reevaluate my life a lot. And, and I decided it was time to to do what I've always wanted to do. So then I started traveling around to different animal places. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I mean, it's it's just crazy like how like how a, a difficult event has to happen in, in our life for us to be like, you know what? There's no more time to waste. I just to waste. I just going to go do what I what I always wanted to do. And um, so when that happens, was there when you started going to all the other countries to? Yeah, it was in, I started in 2019, January. Yeah. Wow, not too long ago. Yeah, it's only been a couple of years and I'm still like trying to piece together enough work to make it work and it's working. So <laughs> I'm like trying and to make more of a viable business for myself but I think it's going to take a little time but luckily I can work on my computer too I have other jobs that I do there and yeah so it's making it work and then how come you ended up in also Mexico UK and and Africa uh well first the UK I had always watched this um donkey camera that was at one of the sanctuaries there and I was really wanted to go there really bad for many years and I finally decided well if I'm gonna do it I'm gonna make that be the first place I go because I wanted it I wanted to go to this place for so long um so it's called the donkey sanctuary in Sidmouth and so I got to, so I made that part of the trip and then I just kind of looked at the map and, and looked up a bunch of sanctuaries and planned how I could do it I was there for like three weeks I think or four weeks and I went to five or six different sanctuaries there it was really cool. There were two donkey ones, a hedgehog sanctuary, one with a whole bunch of different animals. It was just like a bunch of random stuff, but it was really cool. But it was like a really, I was spending short periods of time at each place. And I, I thought it would be better to spend longer period of time there. So when I went to Africa, actually COVID fixed it for me because I intended to go for a month and then I ended up getting stuck there for six months. Wow. And great, what, what, what country were you in? Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. How, how was it? How was your experience oh, there? Lovely. I really loved it. I mean, it's not a country that has a lot of, it's very corrupt, I guess I should yeah. say. It's so it's hard to do things legally there. Um, so, you know, I had to go with the flow and getting certain things taken care of, like my passport and all kinds of things, but it was fine. Um, 
the people were so nice. I was at two different animal sanctuaries when I was there. So I spent three months at one and then three months at another one. Um, the first one had a bunch of like baboons and monkeys and zebras and vultures and mongoose and bush babies and all kinds of things and um, a warthog and yeah, it was amazing. And then the wow. second one was a donkey sanctuary because I have a thing for donkeys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were just talking about that. And um, I think, I, I mean, as I told you, I think donkeys have a bad rep, but I think there are pretty smart animals. Yeah, they're lovely. They're just so nice. And they're just so exploited in certain places. It's yeah. sad. There's, they're not treated well. Yeah. In Africa, anyway. I don't know about other places, but as well, I'm from Venezuela and still they are not treated well. Yeah. Um, I think people don't realize that they're, they have feelings and I, I don't know that they can hurt. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. Um, you know, I, I wish that in, in some other countries, like we will be able to realize that and to be just more conscious about these other yeah. beings. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, so I, something that I, I want to ask you, uh, given your experience as, a, as like working with animals all over and being in different centuries. Um, like for me, I, I mean, I don't, I don't do animal tourism on purpose, but for example, if I am in certain place and there is a century of an animal I like, uh, I would like to visit there. But um, once I was in Malaysia and I wanted to go visit uh, an elephant century, I went there and I was so upset because, um, because like they, they were still in cages, they were chained up. Um, and they had different shows. They had a show in the morning where they did certain tricks and they had a show in the afternoon. And I was just like, what is this? This is not a century. This is still like a circus. And I was really upset. I was yelling at the manager. I don't know if I made any impact on anything, but I was just really upset. And, and I just let everyone there know. <laughs> but, um, so I want to ask you if we are looking to do that, to, um, to visit a century, to kind of like have an experience with certain type of animal that is in a certain country, what, what should we look for? Well, first I would say if they're letting you touch the animals, that's generally not a good thing. If it's some kind of exotic animal, if it's like a donkey or something like that, usually they want to be touched. But if it's if it's a monkey or something like that, and they're going to tell you, like, I went to a place where they said, it seemed like a good place, but then they were like, this monk, this monkey's going to like go on your shoulder now. And it was like, they're making the monkey do something. They're making the monkey work. And, um, and you got to wonder sometimes how they make the monkeys do things like that. Like, mm. how are they training them to do that? It's usually not a nice experience for them. Um, and if there's shows, of course, that's bad. Like there, you don't want any kind of show. <laughs> at all um so yeah i was thinking you know too what i usually do is i try to to do a lot of research into it first and google a lot and look at the reviews because people will tell you in the reviews if it's a bad place or not for the most part um but still keep looking into it see how it's funded and like what what they do when the animals get old um they should have a forever home, ideally, in one of these sanctuaries, unless they're going to get returned to the wild or they're 
going to be adopted to like a like a donkey would be adopted to a, a, a well-suited home where they have everything they need there. So, so it's the kind of thing where you might be able to go and pet the animals and you might be able to like interact with them a little bit, but if they're forcing the animal to do something, that's not good. And if they're promising you some kind of experience, even a photo, that's not great mm -hmm. either. Um, I know these places have to make a living and that's why they're, a lot of them are trying to, to yeah. sell things like that. But like the thing you're describing, it sounds terrible, you know, like that shouldn't be called a sanctuary. And there's, I wish I could remember the name of it. There is a Facebook group that talks about Africa and what sanctuaries are actual sanctuaries and what, what's bad, what's good, that sort of thing. Um, I still go to places and I don't know for sure, not all the places like I, but once in a while, I'll go to a place and I'll be like, I don't know if that's great or not, because they are in a cage and or like a, a large area with fences. But it's still like you're like, they're, they're not going to be able to go run and, you know, be an animal. And a lot of them are just in there by themselves, too. Yeah. Bad. So it's like, but at the same time, a lot of these, a lot of these places get the animals through like like the wildlife trade and then like they've been habituated to humans but they can't go back in the wild and, and they were taken away from the human and now they're in a place that's supposed to let them have some kind of natural existence so it's not all black and white there's a lot of gray area with with all of that and I feel like there's always something I can find that's like mm, I don't know about that but if you look at the overall picture and you're like okay well like the place I was in Zimbabwe the first place they they're releasing some of the monkeys that I was feeding bottles to when I was, was there. So it's like, they're, you know, we fed them bottles when they were babies, they didn't have a mommy, but they needed some, you know, they needed to be able to be handled in a certain way if they got sick or if they needed certain nutrients. So we did that, but when they get to a certain age, no more touching, no more interacting. They learn how to be a monkey with their monkey troop. And then they get released when they're ready with their troop. So so if you want to work with an animal and touch them a little bit more and like say feed them bottles or something like that, then there's a lot of volunteer programs where you're going in, they're going to train you how to do everything properly. You're usually put down some, or some kind of like commitment, like I'm going to stay there for a week or a month and I'm going to, you know, learn how to take care of whatever animals they have there. And like the place I was at, there was the two baby monkeys that needed you know, to be bottle fed and to have human contact. So we were able to transport them and put them in different places. And yeah. so we had to like get them used to humans for a little bit, but now no more human contact, you know, like there were baboons that were babies that needed a little bit more human raising before they went in with the bigger baboons because, right. you know, they needed their food and certain treatment and stuff like that. And so I, I can just imagine that in the kind of like in the human reality it's like okay you get a baby and then you feed it and it's like okay uh, i don't know you are yeah. three year you're a three-year-old now go on your own yeah. like, <laughs> they're not equipped like they haven't developed all the skills like how yeah. are they going to do it I, do you know if there was any tracking of like how were they doing after the release yeah that i know they're doing certain like tech different ways of putting tags and then they'll go back and check like which ones they see and 
I, I was never a part of that. So I don't know exactly how often or how long, cause it was during COVID too. So we couldn't really go anywhere. Um, it was a military lockdown. So you really couldn't travel or do anything when I was there um, for part of the most of the time, but they do, they make sure it's a secure place where they're going to have a lot of land. There's not going to be predators there, mm. for, you know, that particular kind of species, wherever they are. So they do a lot of work in finding these places and getting permits for them and making sure that they're safe for the animals. And I think from what I've heard from that one in particular, they've done pretty well. And they, they send them out and then they go back and check and they're out, they're still there. They're doing their thing. They're good. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that, that's good to know. And I mean, I think that, you know, animal tourism is it's it's pretty popular and so people some people goes to places just to have certain experience with certain animal and but it's just like i think that as travelers even though that sounds beautiful and sexy and whatever we should like do it in a manner that is responsible and um, yeah 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 and it's not all like fun and games either when you're at a place like volunteering like I've been bitten by so many animals and I can't, it's like ridiculous and like you know there's like you can catch things from the animals like I had ringworm really bad on that trip from the donkeys and like spider bite infections salmonella hives like everything you can imagine like I got really I got everything I got bit by baboons zebras vultures mongoose bush babies like kicked by a donkey like you know you it happens. <laughs> it's like you work with animals a lot and things happen, but I never got mad at any of them for it. I was like, oh, you're being an animal, you know? Yeah, they are just like defending themselves. you like, you know, I'd be like, ow. <laughs> I'd be like, okay. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. They, they need to trust you first. Yeah. It's just yeah. a way of defense. Yeah. And they're in, I mean, they're wild animals. They're, they're going to be wild animals, you know? <laughs> exactly. And okay, I have a question that just came to my mind. What has been like one of a strong connection that you've had with an animal? Like mm -hmm. one of those times that you're like, okay, I will never forget the, this particular experience with this particular animal. Yes, my very favorite animal in the whole world is this little bush baby. It's like a tiny little monkey, primate kind of thing. And um, he was... I think his mother had rejected him because he was very disabled. And um, he came to the sanctuary in, in Africa the day of the, the lockdown, the day before the lockdown happened for COVID. And we were packing up a bunch of baby animals and stuff and we were moving to a different location that was a little bit more set up for a long-term stay than the sanctuary itself. Like some of the people stayed there, but then some of us went somewhere else with some of the younger animals and stuff. And um, and so we, we had like seven, I think we had seven, no, one, two, three, four, five. We had five adults and two kids and four baby monkeys, a baby baboon, a baby mongoose and bush baby all in a car, a very small car, like a Prius <laughs> car, driving for an hour and a half to this other location. Wow. And, and I turned around and I like, I hadn't seen Bush Baby yet. His name is Gizmo, but I just call him Bush Baby because that's such a cute name in itself. And they're called that because they cry like a baby. Oh. They loud cries. 
Um, I'll Google them. I, I really yeah, know. they're so cool. Um, they're nocturnal and they're they're just so cool. And I lifted up this blanket and I was like, "Who are you?" And I was like, "He's mine. I'm gonna take care of him and be his mommy." And they're like, "Okay." <laughs> I just fell in love with him, and he was he's just oh, he's like my soulmate. I keep telling people I almost like sold everything just moved there to be with a bush baby because I loved him so much. It was one of the saddest things ever to leave him. But he was like, so his back leg was kind of shriveled up. One of them was, and the other one was upside down. So he couldn't act like a bush baby. Like they climb trees and they jump really far and he couldn't do any of that. Um, so, and he was very little. So I ended up like feeding him and I made a little pouch for him that I could carry him around in. He didn't really like that very much, but it was cute. Um, but I didn't make him do it because he hated it. I thought he would like it, but he didn't. Um, and he would like play on my bed and like wow. he, was so cute. he was just my best little friend. He's so fluffy and cute and perfect. I just finished a painting of him actually yesterday. Wow, you, you have to post this. Yeah, it's so cute. Um, he just he's just so adorable. And he had kind of like crossed eyes because he was just kind of a mess, but like they're not supposed to, I don't think have crossed eyes, but he was just so cute. And then when I ended up going to the donkey sanctuary, it was in the same town as the other sanctuary. So um, I just kept the bush baby with me there since I was kind of his mom. And he lived in my bedroom at that place too. And he just ran around wherever he wanted. And like, he was climbing the windows one day and I was like, oh my gosh, he's doing, he's being a real bush baby. He's like, I, I couldn't find him. And then I looked up and he was like on top of like the curtain rod. And I was like, what are you doing? He was so cute. And I'd brush him with a little toothbrush. And Oh my God, that sounds amazing. Oh, I collect bugs for him and like all kinds of gross things I did for him. I love him so much. That oh. was definitely a great experience. Yeah. I don't know like I feel that every time you you have like a connection with an animal it's just so pure like yeah if they like you like they will be your best friends yeah they're they're so honest and like you always know where you stand with animals like yeah, yeah. exactly um yeah also like like um that you were telling me about the donkeys like they have this reputation of being a storeborn but you were like no I mean they just don't like to do things that aren't safe yeah yeah people always think they're stubborn and it's like the more you spend time with them you're like well they for whatever reason will think something's unsafe it might be something that you might think is ridiculous like they don't want to walk over a, a puddle or you know like like something and they just won't do it and it's like I think that's kind of smart though <laughs> self-preservation you know like they're trying not to to get hurt and yeah and sometimes it takes a while to like convince them to do something but you just give them food sometimes and that'll usually do it they really like food <laughs> so it's like you can give them a little snack a little enticement to get them to move in a certain place or yeah that sounds like something that will work with me as well <laughs> give me cookies and I'll do <laughs> yeah you can be out of the room if you want me to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. That that's awesome. And, and 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 what's for you now? I know that you are right now in California. Yep. I so. ended up coming home in September um, when things opened up more there, and so I, I decided I wanted to um, get my spay and neuter skills better, like more. 
I mean, I've done spay neuter stuff at other clinics I've worked at as a vet tech, but I wanted to have more of like the high volume spay neuter. So when you go to another country, that's kind of the best way to help the most animals is to help them with spaying and neutering the, the you know, feral dogs and cats and stuff that are running around. So they're not making puppies that are just going to end up in the same situation as them. So I ended up getting a job at one of the shelters here so I could get those skills up. So I'm working there and I'm painting a lot of my animal friends that I met in Africa. Um, I have a whole series of them. And then when I do their paintings, I'll put their, um, I'll put it on like a greeting card. And then on the back of the greeting card, it has their story of that particular animal. So people can get to know who it is. And then part of the money from the um, sales that I make go back to those sanctuaries where the animals um, live. So I'm trying to help make money for the sanctuaries and just help people care more about animals and get to know more. And like, so like on my Instagram and stuff, I try to like show a lot of, of animals and a lot of paintings and tell a lot of stories so people can kind of come along with me when I do stuff. So yeah, right now I'm focusing on staying, doing local sanctuaries. There's a lot around I'm on the central coast of California. So there's a lot of animal sanctuaries nearby. And mm -hmm. so I'm going to do a project like featuring all the animal sanctuaries in my area and doing like wow. a portrait of one animal or two animals from the, from each one and put together a little, I'm not sure yet a book or a calendar or something. Um, something I'm working on ideas. Yeah. That's a great idea. And also that you're also along with the painting, you're sending us the story behind mm -hmm. it and, and like the animal it's awesome. So like you can also connect to it. Cause yeah. they all have fun little personalities and it's like, yeah, it's, it's really stuff that people don't think about. Like a lot of animals, like I did one of a warthog and a, um, a cockatoo that were best friends at, and like just told their little story. And like, I have another one of a donkey. And then there was this, um, certain bird that would make a, like a nest in her mane and stuff <laughs> so there's like I'll try to tell like fun little stories like that too so it's just like stuff that you know you wouldn't know about you know I never met a warthog before I went <laughs> to Africa and I just loved them I never even knew what a bush baby was and now I have a soulmate bush baby you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes that's how life is you, you never know you never know what can happen <laughs> Wow, that's amazing. Um, so, somebody, uh, so Melissa, um, what, what's your Instagram? And in case anyone wants to get in, co in contact with you and also look at your paintings. And so what's your Instagram and your website? Or um, it's, so my business name is Wooly Bear Travels. So WoollyBearTravels.com is my website. And then at Wooly Bear Travels, is on Instagram and it's W O O L L Y B E A R travels. Perfect. I'll make sure to put it in the in the show notes and also in the Instagram post because I think it's amazing what you're doing and and yeah if you're listening to this go please check out her Instagram and her website and it's it's really cool what you're doing. I can't wait if you get to publish the book or like yeah. make the calendars i will for sure get a calendar <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah, yeah well yeah. Uh -huh. working on it and i'll let you know <laughs> yes yes well melissa it was 
awesome talking to you and thank you so much for sharing your story with us about your soulmates and all the friends you made around the world that, that was amazing yeah thank you for having me and thank you for doing this this is really fun to talk to somebody about travel right now when we kind of can't too you know <laughs> i know i <laughs> I mean, yeah, we, we got to stay connected to travel somehow. And we yeah. all, I mean, travel changed our lives in so many ways. And we all collect so many memories from it that why not to share them with others? So, yeah. So, yeah. Well.